audio recorder working and there it is so we got our audio working we are here this is uh this goes on the website and so for those of you listening on our website this is our november 8th facebook live service uh for west alexandria church of the brethren we are here on facebook live we're recording for our website as well as transmitting outside into the parking lot uh and i know uh, Philip Bingo Wright is out there right now, and uh, Judy is usually listening with him as well. So I see a few of you have come on, and I'm going to go ahead and click on and uh, take a good look at all of you that have come on. And go ahead, as you're coming on, uh, feel free to share your, your three words this morning, as well as jump, go ahead and, and put your prayer requests in. We will get to that quickly, and sometimes there seems to be uh, a delay as uh, as the prayer requests are coming on, so I want to make sure we can get to your your joys and concerns um, before we get a chance to pray this morning. So again, as you're coming on, put your three words and go ahead and get your uh, your joys and concerns in there this morning. So I'm still trying to find us on Facebook here. There we are. All right. All right. Well, good morning, Mandy. Good morning, Leanne. Good morning, Pam. Good morning, Bruce. And good to see all of you joining us online this morning. Go ahead again. Um, if you're just getting this, uh, good morning, Doris. Does me well to see you joining us this morning as well. Um, and if you are uh, I'm out in the parking lot, I try to come by and say hello about uh, 20 after about 1020. But if you're here and I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't catch you this morning, go ahead and uh, stick around. I'll pop, I'll pop straight out there as soon as our service is over this morning. So I want to also say um, good morning to Donna, who just came on. And uh, go ahead, put your, your three words in there and your joys and concerns. Uh, and we will get started here in just a few moments at 1030. Again, encourage you to uh, if you after you watch this, it should come up as well on your uh, on your uh, page, and you can share it with others too, and, and uh, even make a note to them. Maybe you know if they're not local, pass fast forward about ten minutes after we get through our local announcements. Thank you, Pam. I see Pam's putting a couple uh, joys and concerns on there that we will get to in just a few moments. Anyone else? Um, please go ahead. That you as you're coming on. Put your joys and concerns, because uh, we will get there to those rather quickly. Uh, see, few more eyes watching. Thank you so much for joining us this morning uh, for our November eighth Facebook Live service. Good morning, Maddie. Good to see you this morning. Uh, joining us for our for Facebook Live service. All right, it is 10.30, so that means it's time to go. So thank you all of you that have come on again. Put your three words in and your joys and concerns because we are going to be there very quickly this morning. 
Um, I do. Good morning, Vanessa. I see Vanessa just came on. Hey, I do want to um, just explain uh, real quickly why we are we're doing this yet another week. I did go in detail on the one call, um, so I'm going to be a little bit brief. And, and of course, if you would want uh, uh, any more details, I'm happy to share them with you. But um, we had to make a decision. We made an announcement early yesterday morning that we were going to be open this Sunday. We made another announcement later in the afternoon that we would be closed uh, for in, for on-site services. And uh, basically, we had come to my attention after that we had uh, six people, uh, six members in our church that had been asked to quarantine um, due to close contact with COVID-19. Uh, one of those members, um, w- well, you know, one of those members was asked, that was in close contact, was um, made aware of it after um, Wednesday night, which, uh, so therefore we could have had, you know, six more people possibly that may have been exposed. Those others that served with us Wednesday were not asked to quarantine. Guys, again, I want to say none of these are positive cases. None of these uh, have any kind of symptoms. Um, we don't have any reason to be concerned other than that, that, that we were doing what we're asked to do. Um, those that have been told to quarantine. And so again, because of the, um, the statistical chance being a lot higher now uh, than it has been in other times throughout this pandemic of someone coming to church, testing positive. Um, we we want to continue to at least take another week, uh, evaluate our cases, evaluate our quarantine, evaluate symptoms. And uh, and again, hopefully we can be open again on Sunday. By the way, and I, as I shared, all of those who were quarantined um, were asked to quarantine uh, just until Saturday. That has to do with w- the point of contact and everything else. So I know all this contact tracing can get uh, can get a little confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, most people here are doing what they've been asked to do from the health department. And so what I kind of take is good news, although it's not going to be bad news if it ever happens to us. We as a church are not under, uh, we have not had to be under the uh, the guidelines of our local health department because we have not had a positive case on our church campus. So we don't want that to happen. We don't want to expose to, to not know whether, know whether we have exposed uh, how many we've exposed to that virus and then be at the discretion of the health department when we can reopen services. So we are making our own decisions. We're taking things week by week and uh, that's what we will continue to do. So thank you for all of your flexibility and uh, joining us for Facebook live and hopefully sharing this. If you didn't make it, on Facebook Live at 10:30, um, we're going to continue to. Um, you can continue to uh, to share that, and so um, uh, just one more thing I want to share this morning before we get started um, is that uh, I am still. Next week was the deadline that I gave you for your true Christmas stories. Um, I've had a couple of you say you have some. And uh, I think one of you, we were just going to talk, we were going to make an appointment to talk. So I'm fine to just have a phone conversation, uh, sit down and chat, and I can take some notes. Or you can always uh, email them to me um, uh, or, or write me something down. But uh, again, these are, we're going to get into a series uh, in December just called True Christmas Stories. We're going to have a lot of fun and, uh, and, and, and let the, the Word of God speak speak as the word of God and also make a connection to many of our experiences we've had of why these stories are significant to us, but also why they're hilarious as well. So we're just going to have a lot of fun this Christmas and uh, I'm hoping this can lead to some neat things, but, uh, and we're going to make this as, 
as personal as we can. Last year we did an original Christmas play, and this year we're going to be talking about original Christmas stories along with the true Christmas story about the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So again, uh, I need your stories, okay? November 15th is the deadline. I've got just a handful, haven't even got 10 yet, Um, maybe a little bit more than five. So I'd like to get some more, especially by next Sunday. So if you know someone that's got one and hasn't shared it with me, um, please encourage them to share it with me as soon as possible and we will make some time to to get together and uh, connect, okay? All right, um, I want to say hello to a few more people that have come on. Rod is on. I'm sure Ruby's with him. Good morning, Rod and Ruby. Good morning, Brother Greg Oliver. Good morning, Cheryl Oliver. And I don't know if I missed. Uh, good morning, Jill. Good morning, Tracy. I saw Vanessa come on earlier, so good to see all of you with us this morning. And again, I know Bingo is with us out in the parking lot. If... Um, you uh, and Judy's pro- listening, most likely listening through him, through his phone. If you're in the parking lot this morning and I missed you, um, please stick around. And I just want to say hello. I'll, I'll come straight out there as soon as this Facebook Live service is over. And uh, I want to connect with anyone that joined us outdoors. And so, good. I did see quite a bit of prayer requests that came in uh, this morning. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, get to those now and now is the time if you haven't placed your prayer requests for joys and concerns um, please be sure to do that um, so rod had shared i uh, wanted to share a prayer request for amanda green anderson um, she uh, her family used to to go down to a uh, shawnee and, and live in this area and they have both they, she has now lost both of her um, parents uh, to COVID 19 um, her husband actually was my wife and I's pastor for a short stint as well for, for a couple of years. And so this is, this is, this virus is certainly starting to hit home now. Um, I think when this began, very few of us knew anyone, um, who had, who had got this and yet let alone anyone who had died from it. And, uh, I would guess that that's, I would guess that somewhere we're in the ballpark of 75% or more of you now in our congregation, um, know some who have, uh, died from this. And so, um, we want to lift up those family, uh, want to, to just have a, a point of recognizing, um, with reverence, uh, that this moment in this day that we live in. And so I want to, uh, take a look at a few more here. Pat Drury shared by Cheryl, uh, a guy named Pat Drury goes into surgery, um, on the 12th. Okay, and uh, let's see, any other joys and concerns? Mary Ann Arnett from Donna Jean. Um, I know I saw one more up there, I believe, from Pam. Yeah, Brian Oaks uh, is a friend of Bruce and Pam's that is recovering from COVID-19. Okay. And since we are continuing, uh, one more um, payment shared. Debbie Elmore uh, was someone who was admitted to the hospital last night. I didn't say whether that was COVID-related, but it just did say that she was uh, admitted to the hospital last night. So I'll just do one more check to see if I missed any. So we got uh, Debbie Elmore, Brian Oaks, um, Mary Ann Arnett, Pat Drury, 
and the Amanda Green, Anderson, Nate, Niles, and family, Anderson family, and a joy that Bruce has turned 66. Uh, he turned 66 yesterday. Uh, so happy birthday, brother Bruce. And uh, I hope you're feeling 66 more. You know, hope you're, you're enjoying today um, the, the maturity and growth that has come from being 66 today as opposed to being 65 on Friday. But uh, we, we, we encourage and, and celebrate uh, this new season of your life. And may, each, may God continue to open doors of destiny for you. Cheryl shared she just had another uh, joy that... And uh, Ken got to, to spend some time with his dad, Carl. And then um, Diane, good to see you this morning. Um, and just uh, she thanks all of you for your prayers this morning. So good. I, I think I don't know if Pam is laughing at what Pam's laughing at, but something's funny. I guess it was when we were talking about Bruce. But well, uh, we got quite a few things to pray about. Um, and uh, again, uh, since we are talking about the virus, I will say, I, I try to be uh, careful about this. We, if you noticed our, we're such a small church and you noticed the way that the things were put on the one call, we didn't necessarily disclose any names. Um, we, we don't really feel like it's necessary to do that, but we're also a small church and people find things out really quickly. Um, I'm saying that because I, if, if you have been asked to quarantine, if you've been in close contact with a case, especially if you're a church member and a fairly regular attender, um, I would really like to know that. Um, that does help us make decisions as far as whether we should be in church that following Sunday, because it is happening now where this is hitting close to home. And uh, we also know that here at, at, at our church, we provide lots of opportunities for you to make your own choices. Um, so in this case, we got Facebook Live and transmission, and we may open up the doors for those that feel comfortable coming in. But if uh, we feel the risk may be too high, uh, we may remain closed again so that those those decisions help when we have information from you um, if there has been any quarantines or, or um, positive cases. So we appreciate your, your honesty and uh, even your input. I, mean, I get to hear from the board. We pulled the board to make this decision. Um, so we appreciate your input, if you, even if you're not a board member, um, just about how things are, are transpiring and, 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 and giving your two cents as far as uh, what may be best for us. So that's one thing about a congregational church is we do make our decisions together. And so thank you to the board for making a pretty quick decision on this, and which is why we are doing Facebook Live today. So lots to pray about. Uh, i got a word to share with you in just a moment, but can you join me as we take a few moments in prayer this morning and I know it's I know you're at your homes and nobody's looking um, but will you um, have a time of reverence bow your heads and close your eyes as we I'm just going to list some of these names because um, a lot of them we don't know that the nature of their their needs um, but those who sent this request do so we we Lord we ask now you see all of these names you know all of the requests and the burdens that are shared all across our congregation this morning. And we are called to be the people of God and mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. And we know that we have brothers and sisters that are mourning today, that are experiencing pain. 
and that uh, we have been called to feel with them, but also lift up our eyes to the living God and ask for your intervention, ask for your will to be done through these experiences. And your will is often done through peace and through eternal perspective. And Lord, you revealing yourself as the living God in the midst of, of tragedy and trying situations. And so, Lord, we lift up Brian Oaks and his family. We lift up Mary Ann Arnett and her family. We lift up Debbie Elmore. Um, we lift up Pat Drury, who will be having surgery this week. And, Lord, my heart goes to uh, the Anderson family and uh, Nate and Amanda Niles and, and Chloe and Lily, who have lost two grandparents and to Amanda, two parents uh, within a week uh, due to COVID-19. And it is in uh, these moments where we are reminded to be the, the church of Jesus Christ. And Lord, ask that you bring life uh, to them, that you give them eternal perspective, that Lord, that these would be moments that would empower them rather than cause them to fear, cause them to be bitter. But Lord, they would see you in the midst of these experiences and they would draw near to each other as they draw near to you. Lord, you are the living God. That means that you are doing something in our midst, even the midst of tragedy and, and uncertainty. And so now, Lord, we ask that we would be a part of your kingdom. We would be a part of what you are doing in our midst as we pray the prayer that you have taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Susan. Thank you for joining us this morning. And um, well, church, I want to ask you to, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and go to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 through 29. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 through 29. If you have your coffee, go ahead and take a sip of it right now, too. Um. I've been last week, uh, I talked about the power of thanks, and today I'm going to continue uh, with what I'm just calling a little quick series we're going to do here called Stories of Thanks. I didn't know if you knew this or not, but at the, begin, at the end of November is Thanksgiving, and so that's like a holiday where we get together and we eat a lot of food and we celebrate um, a, a time of unity uh, that began in our country and ended up um, leading to the existence of our country today. And so, uh, uh, and so that's coming up, and, and in, this, in this moment, we wanted to be people that take a step back and experience the power of thanks. You may be blown away to know that sometimes all you ever need to do in the midst of a conflict or confusing situation, when you have to come to a point and say, I don't know what to do, as Jehoshaphat prayed. We talked about Jehoshaphat last week when he prayed, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. He began to worship, and in the midst of worship, an army was destroyed. 
and some of our enemies, some of our worst fears can be annihilated, even in a New Testament way, by the Spirit of the living God when we just simply learn how to say thanks. And so I want to talk about this morning an unshakable kingdom. And so if you have your Bible open, Hebrews 12, 18 through 19, I want you to skim through that because I'm actually not going to read a, a common version. I'm going to read out of the message this morning because I, I believe it gives you a lot more meat uh, in this and, and gives you a better understanding of what is going on in this text. And so um, we're talking about an unshakable kingdom. And I'm not talking about, you know, uh, you, you know, sh- something being shook like a Polaroid picture, like the, the, the song goes, but mountains being shaken, things that you thought would always be the way that they are being shaken. And I know for some of you, um, you whether it's something personal, whether it's taking a look at, you know, maybe what's going on in our nation and your, your perspective, maybe some things are being shaken for you. And, and this is, so we're going to conclude and we're going to talk about an unshakable kingdom. But before we do that real quickly, we're going to get into Hebrews. And I'll just tell you a little bit about what Hebrews is all about. Um, I guess if I would summarize the whole book, it would, it would, it would be that the, the author is bringing home the point that Jesus is the high priest. Jesus is now the high priest. Before he wasn't, and now he is. And so that means that we no longer need to come to a temple and offer sacrifices. We need to go through, we just simply go through Christ to get to the living God. And so it, the author of Hebrews kind of continues to go point by point to, to show how what we have today is better than what used to be. What Jesus did for us today is better than that experience that they had in the past. And I've always shared with you this tension in the Old Testament because you can raise a lot of really dark questions about the Old Testament that it was a groaning, a yearning for something better. And God finally gave us something better through his son and his death on the cross and his resurrection and ascension into heaven and tag team with the Holy Spirit, which dwells within you and within me. And so this idea of Jesus as the high priest, it changes things. And so I now, if you've skimmed through that verse in Hebrews 12, verses 18 through 29, now I just want you to take a moment and listen and let me just read out of this message version. And just absorb this text of what is being said in this passage. It's called an unshakable kingdom. Unlike your ancestors, you didn't come to Mount Sinai. All that volcanic blaze and earth-shaking rumble to hear God speak. The ear-splitting words and soul-shaking message terrified them as they begged him to stop when they heard his words. And even if an animal touches the mountain, it's as good as dead. They were afraid to move. Even Moses was terrified. No, that's not your experience at all. You've come to Mount Zion, the city where the living God resides. The invisible Jerusalem is populated by throngs of festive angels and Christian citizens. It is the city where God is judged with judgments that make us just. And you've come to Jesus who presents us with a new covenant a fresh charter from God. He is the mediator of this covenant. So don't turn a deaf ear to these gracious words. 
If those who ignored earthly warnings didn't get away with it, what will happen to us if we turn our backs on heavenly warnings? His voice that time shook the earth to its foundations, and this time he told us this quite plainly. He'll also rock the heavens. One last shaking from top to bottom, stem to stern. The phrase, one last shaking, means a thorough house cleaning, getting rid of all the historical and religious junk so that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered. Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God. For God is not an indifferent bystander. He's actively cleaning house, torching all that needs to burn, and he won't quit until it's all cleansed. God himself is a fire. Let me pray. Lord, this is a powerful word, and it's meant to incite emotions in us. It's meant to get us to open our eyes that the living God is real. And one day we are going to have a full revelation of that. And so often when I pray that prayer, many people think I'm referring to heaven. But that one day can be this moment right now. Where we can recognize that, that oftentimes we spend our lives worried and, and anxious and fearful about the minor things. But the all-powerful God is the king, and his kingdom exists today. And we can be citizens of this holy city, citizens of this kingdom, if we will acknowledge Christ as our king. And when we do, we realize that, we, that although things change and seasons change, and things happen that we don't know how will end, we are reminded that we are part of an unshakable kingdom. You're citizens of the living God today here on this earth and for all through eternity. Now, Lord, as your word has been opened, Lord, may your spirit bring exhortation. May your spirit bring edification and may your people's hearts be stirred and changed in such a time as this. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, brother Jacob Evans. Good to see you join us this morning. Well, guys, I'm talking about an unshakable kingdom, and so I want to get through three things this morning. First of all, a powerful God who shakes things. Now, did you catch all that stuff? Now, now I'll go back to your Bible. I'm going to go back to an NIV version when I'm referencing this text. And the things that it said in verses 19 and, <coughs> and, and 20, he's, he's talking about what it was like on Mount Zion, what it was like when, when Moses spoke to God and the people were standing around and observed and it said to a trumpet blast, it said, it said, you have not come to a mountain that can't be touched, that is burning with fire to darkness, gloom and storm, to a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words that listen, that those who heard it begged that no further would be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. And that even if an animal would touch this holy mountain, they would, that the animal would die. So there's, you, you, you have to imagine these the, the word of God being spoken, the presence of God being felt, the mountain that, that of Sinai was actually shaking. Have you ever seen a mountain shake before? No, neither have I. But this was the fearful 
experience that the people of God had when they experienced God's presence, even after all of the things that he did when he brought them out of Egypt. And so this is what this author is comparing this to. You know, and it got me thinking that, um, if you don't know, but just a couple weeks ago was Halloween. Halloween's kind of that time when you tend to, you know, you want to scare each other a little bit. And my family, we did a lot of funny things to just kind of scare each other a little bit. And I had to warn my family that, you know, I have a, a kind of a problem. Like, I don't think I'm that easily startled or that easily scared. But man, if you get me and you are close to me, um, I had, I've had one experience when I came back from a youth trip uh, when I was a youth pastor in my old church and it was all dark and someone jumped out and scared me and dang, they got me good. And so I swung at them. <laughs> instinct, impulsive instinct. Luckily, I was able to take something off of it in, as I recognized, but I'm still like that today where if you get me, it doesn't, fear isn't what comes in me. It's this like rage and like this response, defend myself quickly kind of response. Now, I share that as a warning to all of you. It's okay to scare me because I think pranks are good just like everybody else. Just please don't be really close to me when you scare me. Please at least be a a few feet away. I I just apologize in advance. If you get me good, um, I'm going to feel really bad about what could happen. But you're welcome. You're welcome to scare me. Now, what what I'm sharing this story is because this is the opposite of what was experienced at Sinai. This wasn't the kind of uh, fear that maybe produces like some adrenaline in you, the, the thrill or excitement of uncertainty. This was a different kind of thing. This was uh, the fact that they felt just even as the word of God was being spoken, that they were overpowered by this force. They were going to be taken. It's like immediate surrender before you can even say the word surrender. That kind of fear, like, wow, I am so small and he is so big. There was no response in that. I want you to to understand that this is how it's all going to end someday. It's not going to end with some big war. God's going to come and have a war with the devil. No, God's going to come and it's going to be over. And this is the experience that they had at Sinai. Now, this is, I, I want to tell you that in, all, in my uh, over 20 years of being a Christ follower, I have never had that kind of experience with God where I was scared to death and, and overpowered and, and just incredibly fearful of God's presence that I felt like I may die in that moment. Now, I will say I've had other brothers and sisters in Christ and other pastors who would say that they've had, but my point is that rather I've actually had moments where I've been overwhelmed and brought to tears with the love of God by his spirit and what he has done. And so the author of Hebrews is making that contrast that this is how God used to speak. Everyone used to be scared to death. And it was like, can he stop talking? Because if he does unholy men in contact with the holy God, we are going to die to now. He has made himself available to us and he describes his presence. The author of Hebrews describes his presence as a city, a place where others come and they choose to 
reside. The God who shakes things, God who shakes mountains, invites you to choose to come and reside in his presence and reside with the people of the living God. The God who shakes things desires a relationship with you. When God really shakes something, you will know it. Now, but much of what we are experiencing today and um, is the second point that I want to make today is that a sovereign God, so first we have a God, a powerful God who shakes things, and secondly, a sovereign God who allows things to be shaken. Now, this revelation isn't as clear in this text, but if you go to Hebrews 2.8, if you've got your Bibles, just flip a few passages over, and that's where I'm going to go here and read to you. Now I'm sticking with the NIV and not the message version. I'm actually going to pick up and in verse 5, Hebrews 2, chapter 5, and excuse me, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 5, and here's what it says. It says, Is it not to angels that he has subjected the world to come about which we are speaking? But there is a, a, a place where someone has testified. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you care for him. You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their Feet. He's talking about you and he's talking about me. And in putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. The people of God and Christ is our head. Here's what it says in verse 9. But we do see Jesus, who is made lower than the angels for a little while now, crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. So that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. We do not see all things under Jesus' feet, but we do see Jesus high and lifted up. Now, we serve a God who shakes things, but a God that also allows things to be shaken. Why in the world does he do that? Why in the world? Does he do that? You know, you can get practical with this. You can, we can get really practical with this really quickly. I've had the privilege to be a, a middle school and high school coach in different sports for a few years now. And I know that at the beginning, I'm coaching a team now, at the beginning of every season, uh, there is this point of uncertainty for me where I wonder about a team. I wonder about, I know that some type of adversity or low morale at some point in the season is going to come and I wonder how this group of kids is going to respond when that moment comes, whether it's a loss, whether it's a challenge, whether it's whatever adversity it may be. And so I do what I can as a coach to maybe help them prepare for those moments, even help them mentally prepare for those moments. And it's just kind of a test to see how they're maybe going to be able to handle. But I don't really know the best you know, question is when the, the challenge and the adversity actually comes. You know, we understand that, right? We understand why God allows things to be shaken. And, and I, I shared just, just two weeks ago a message that I know that I'll preach many more times. But about Jesus calming the storm. And he takes his, his closest, so if you didn't hear this, you're hearing the main points again, okay? So he takes his some of his closest disciples on an unexpected trip across the sea. 
And while he's on the boat, he falls asleep. And it says a squall comes through the mountains. Now, a squall is an unexpected storm, something that you, you didn't do anything wrong. You, you should, it's not something you could have been prepared for. It came out of nowhere. And so in the midst of this dangerous squall, the disciples start screaming at Jesus to wake up. And you would think you could build a lot of theology on the idea that in the midst of our challenges in life, we should cry out to Jesus, right? Well, actually, in this text, Jesus rebukes them. He calms the storm, and then he rebukes the disciples for their little faith. He asks them, and there's, it's in all three synoptic gospels, he says, Oh, where is your faith? He says, you have little faith. Um, and, and he rebukes them for their lack of faith. So what in the world is going on in this text? Why did he rebuke them for crying out to them? And see, here's the thing. There's three really antichrist, antichrist assumptions that the disciples make that we all make too in the midst of a squall, in the midst of a time when things are being shaken for us. And the assumptions, these antichrist assumptions that they made are, first of all, that God doesn't care. Secondly, that God doesn't see, he doesn't know, he's not all powerful, he doesn't know what is going on in this moment. And the third, the most dangerous one, that I want to get out of your system, out of your spirit today, is that this moment of shaking, this moment of a squall, isn't going to end well. See, this moment may not be about divine intervention for you, meaning God coming and taking care of your situation and changing things right now, but it's about trusting Christ in the midst of the squall that your revelation and that his revelation, his power in your life is more important than your momentary comfort. I'm going to say that again because somebody needed to hear that needed to hear that the Lord's word for you right now is more important, that, that this moment is not about his divine intervention, him coming and taking care of things, but about you trusting him in the midst of the shaking, in the midst of the uncertainty, and that his revelation and power in your life is more important than your momentary comfort so you could move on with things as they were. He's not that often in the business of as they were. <laughs> He's often in the business of as I have created you to be, as I am forming you to be, as I am changing you to be. And so we like that. We often, in the midst of our, of our, of our confusion, in the midst of our changing, uh, excuse me, of our shaking, we have this antichrist assumption as Christ followers that this isn't going to end well. And so the final point I want to give you is to rebuke that in Jesus' name and tell you that the kingdom of our God is a kingdom that will not be shaken, is a kingdom, is an unshakable Kingdom. So here's what it says in verses 26 through 27. If you've got your Bibles, open it back up, take a look at these verses here. It says, And that time, his voice, now he's referring to back in the Old Testament again. At that time, his voice shook the earth. 
But now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate that the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things so that what cannot be shaken will remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, oh, I'm going to get to that in just just a minute. So he's referring that the things that can be shaken are going to be taken away. Church, I want to tell you this morning that you have absolute stability in Christ, your king, if you choose to place him as king in your life. Now, that might sound like, you know, Christianese pastor theology talk. That sounds really cute, but those are just pie in the sky idea. Listen, today, today's, this is the Sunday after the election. I just need to tell you that God was here long before Democrats and Republicans. I need to tell you that our country even existed before Democrats and Republicans. I need to tell you that the church existed before our country did. And there has been a kingdom established that is unshakable, that you were meant to be a primary hair, a primary citizen of. But if we find our identity in other things, we will forget who we are. Somebody maybe on that Facebook might want to say amen. You are part of an unshakable kingdom. So whether you, I know in our church we have people on both sides of the aisle. So whether, whether, wherever you're from, I get to tell you today and declare that no matter what happens, the outcome is, you ready for this? You win. You win. You are part of an unshakable kingdom the moment you make Christ king of your life because you are part of his ways and he is first. And what God wants to do in our world is the number one priority in my life. So some of you, you need to declare victory over your life right now because your victory is not based on it political climate. It's not based on on the things that are taking place in the world outside of us. Your victory is based on the God that you serve and the outcome that you already know is going to exist. So the conclusion that that what it says, going back to that verse here in verse um, 28, it says this, and here's, remember I said, we're talking about stories of thanks this season. It says, therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and all. Now, remember why he says all this? Because he just talked about how it used to be before there was a high priest when Moses was kind of like the closest thing to the first high priest. And then he let Aaron come up to the mountain and then he let the Levites, which were his family, do some of these things where they were scared to death. And if a normal person like you and me went into the Holy of Holies, poof, we would be gone. And so now the author of Hebrews is saying, now you no longer have a relationship like that. You have been invited to be citizens in the kingdom of God. You you have been invited to be in fellowship with the power, with the presence of the living God. But he says, so be thankful and with that gratitude worship 
and worship, one of the best ways to put some, we get this word so confused sometimes, but to just to live with an attitude of thanks. Thank you. The point is thanks. That your purpose in life, your purpose in life has not changed. You know who you are. You know what you're here for. Thank you. Say thanks to the living God for your salvation. Your salvation doesn't fall away every time you hiccup. Every time you use profanity, every time you think a bad thought, the Lord has, has, has saved you and brought you out of darkness and into a light and placed his spirit in you. And finally, we're thankful, however comfortable it is for you to say this, that this is not our home. We were created now for eternity and we will get to experience that eternity. We are part of a kingdom now that will not be shaken. Come on, somebody. Now, I want to tell you, I like to, um, I want to end really quickly again because um, I, put a, I put a YouTube video on there on the Facebook. And if you're not watching this on Facebook, um, I'm going to try to play this song as soon as I'll play this back in the uh, transmitter. I was playing it this morning. Bingo. That's a song you were listening to. Um, but it's on the, um, on, the, on, on, our, on the Facebook. And I want to just read some of the lyrics uh, it's, it's simply called um, You Hold It All Together by Maverick City Music. I just had a friend that I went to school with that, that shared it with me this morning. But, but listen to these lyrics because you're going to, as soon as this video is over, you're going to turn this on and you're just going to have a moment in your living room, okay? Now, I'm saying that because Avery, you guys know, I've told you my background. I'm, a, I'm, you know, I'm still a crazy Pentecostal at heart. So, by the way, I was having church here this morning doing my 360s, jumping up in the air and singing and shouting out. So I invite you and encourage you. Hey, nobody has to look at you. Nobody's going to think you're weird. It's just you and your living room, okay? So you can have your moment of praise, of your victory dance, your thank you to God, and just crank this song up as soon as this, this video is over. But here's how it goes. It says, you come at the right time when I least expect it. Never behind, so why would I be surprised when you deliver every time? On the mountaintops, you stay the same. In the valleys low, you never change. And I believe, and this is like the, the anthem right here, and I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord. I'm confident as seasons change, as circumstances change, as the culture and our, our nation change, as things are shaken, your faithfulness remains. And then the last verse, they can, that's the anthem. And I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord. I'm confident as seasons change, your faithfulness remains. And then here's the bridge that you'll hear sing over and over again. God of my present, God of my future, you write my story. You hold it all together. God of my present, God of my future, you write my story. You hold it all together. And then... They change the words, you know, they take the, the lyrics of the song and just kind of spontaneously they start to change the words. If you make it to the end of the video and they say, you are the alpha, you are the omega, and you are the God that is in the middle. See, it's not that we can understand if we're, we can understand the future a little bit if we've been taught things in church and we can see God's hand in the past. But sometimes it's just the middle, the middle that we need to learn how to declare the victory. We understand the victory in the past that we experienced. We understand we got a victory in the future. Well, right now, man or woman of God, is your turn to just turn the song on as this video is over and declare victory in this moment. 
that you are part of an unshakable kingdom. Will you give thanks this morning to the living God? I want to pray a quick prayer of benediction for you and crank up that video. We'll be in touch with you about service next week. Um, and, uh, and of course, you're free to contact me if you have any questions at all. But I want, to, I want to pray a prayer for you and give you an opportunity to worship this morning. Lord, thank you for everyone that has tuned in on this Facebook service this morning. Uh, we thank you that you have invited us to the city of the living God. That we are part of an unshakable kingdom. That we have all experienced victory in your name. And when we place you as king, no matter what the circumstances are, we win. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your power. Thank you, as painful as it may be to say, thank you for shaking things so we can be reminded of who we are, our purpose, our salvation, our eternal home. Thank you, Lord, for your revelation and power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week, and we will be in touch with you regarding service next week. Thank you.